part of the reason you're probably not having the impact that you want to have, even though you have a ton of good intentions, is because you're not aware of the price of impact. So the whole point of this particular episode is to articulate to you guys the price of impact. Because people got these business on their heart. I want to start a nonprofit. I want to work with children. I want to work with seniors. I want to work with animals. I want to coach people. I want to help people do all this. I want to create a journal. I want to have a support group. I want to do talks. I want to speak. And you done had good intentions to have this nonprofit for three years. You got the name and you done filled out a little paperwork. But where is the impact? Where are the real lives that have been genuinely impacted by the good intentions that you started with? And I was like, okay, Lisa, before you get on and you start yelling at people for not having an impact, even though they've had all this good intention for years, maybe you ought to share with them the price of impact. Maybe that's what they don't know, right? Like maybe they understand that it's going to take work and maybe they're just thinking about paperwork and maybe they're just thinking about time and, and maybe they're just thinking about money, but maybe they don't understand the true price of impact. And so that was the catalyst for this episode today, okay? Because to have impact is gonna cost you something. There is a price to that. And that price you must be willing to pay. And you must be willing to pay this price in full, all right? They ain't even a payment plan for this price, okay? So if you wanna have the maximum impact, here are the three things it's going to cost you. Let's get started. Just because someone can live with a disease doesn't mean they should. The overwhelming majority of prescriptions written today are written to treat lifestyle disease. Lifestyle disease is defined as conditions which can be attributed to the way in which a person lives. This includes things like physical activity, drinking, smoking, stress, the quality of our social connections, sleep, purposeful and professional alignment, and of course, our diet. But what if there was an alternative? What if before putting pen to pad, we had a comprehensive solution in lieu of pills and procedures? You are listening to the Plant Protocol Podcast for current and aspiring health professionals who are done with simply managing chronic lifestyle challenges and are interested in taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating them. I'm your host, Lisa A. Smith. It's time to come get this health. Hi, y'all. Listen, we back to business as usual. Don't y'all come on here acting up, okay? Yes, I was dancing in my last post. Now we back to business. Put your thinking caps on. It's time to get down to business, all right? I tell y'all the news later. But what you guys need to know is what's required to have impact. When you are establishing, growing, scaling a business that's designed to be disruptive, there are three things that it's going to cost you that I want to break down for you today. Again, regardless of how much I was dancing in my last post, we back to business today. So y'all come on here and act right. All right. But when you are creating a disruptive business that is designed to have maximum impact for a certain segment of the population, however you show up and serve, it is going to cost you some things. There is a price to impact. And today I want to share with you the price of impact, the price of impacting other people's lives through your business, through your gift, through your services, through your products, because there is a significant price. And I believe you should know the price before you decide whether or not you want to pay it, right? Because this type of business, a coaching business, 
really is designed for maximum impact, designed for maximum impact. It's not that you may or may not have impact. It's like if you don't want to have impact, you shouldn't have a coaching business. However, there is a cost to running a business that's designed for maximum impact. And I want to make sure I tell you what those are today so you can make a more informed decision about whether or not this is a path you want to take when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to how you want to show up in the world, when it comes to how you want to utilize your personal gifts, you ought to know the price that it's going to cost you. All right. So let's get into it. If you don't know me, welcome. I'm Lisa A. Smith, plant-based health and business coach. I specialize in helping other plant-based vegans package their passion and their lifestyle into a successful health coaching business. And I absolutely love what I do. And so if this is your first time here, your first time listening to me, welcome. And I'm excited to share with you this message today because we're taking a small deviation away from our normal conversation about business and business acumen. And I'm going to talk more in the personal development space today because coaching is a really attractive career. And it's really attractive for a couple of reasons, but the primary reason is that it's such a low barrier to entry. You can wake up, unfortunately, and call yourself a coach and there's nothing illegal about it, okay? You can decide that you're a coach today in whatever area is your expertise. It could be health coaching, financial coaching, life coaching, business coaching. And you can decide that, you know what, I'm good enough to coach other people in this and I'm gonna call myself a coach. However, one of the things you need to know about doing that is that if you're going to take this career seriously and you really are committed to helping other people, then there is a price to that. And that price you must be willing to pay. And you must be willing to pay this price in full. There ain't even a payment plan for this price, okay? So if you want to have the maximum impact, here are the three things it's going to cost you. Let's get started. Number one. When you are creating an impactful business, a a business that's designed for maximal impact, meaning you really want to change the outcomes of other people's lives through the services and products that you offer, like in health coaching, the first thing that it's going to cost you is your ego. Now, when it comes to having a business that's designed for maximum impact or what we call inside of the plant protocol is a disruptive business, that means you're creating a business that's designed to disrupt an industry. All right. So for example, with my plant-based coaching program, Farm to Table, we are on a mission to take a plant-based approach to combating chronic lifestyle disease. So the industry that we're trying to disrupt is the medical industry, right? The healthcare industry, because they typically take a pharmaceutical approach to combating chronic lifestyle disease. And we're taking a whole food plant-based and lifestyle approach, right? So we're doing that in a very unique and specialized way. And so we are trying to impact not only the lives of the people we serve, but we're trying to disrupt the industry that we're in. So you can create a business that's meant to be complementary to an industry, which means they welcome you with open arms, or you can create a business that's meant to disrupt an industry which means you are going to be met with a little more resistance as you try and enter into that marketplace. And when you are creating a disruptive business that is meant to disrupt the way things have always been done, and you're trying to do it to have maximum impact on people's lives, it is going to cost you your ego. So the first price of having impact in the world is that you are going to have to pay with your ego. And why is that? Let me explain. When you are creating a business that's designed for maximal impact, it means that you have to draw attention to yourself. 
And when you would draw attention to yourself, that means you essentially have to be more visible. I want you to think about all of the disruptive companies that we know. We usually know who the founder is, right? We know the founder of one of the top EV vehicle companies in the world, right? Tesla, Elon Musk, we know Mark Zuckerberg. Like we know the founders, we know the names of the people who have created businesses that were disrupting an industry. The reason for that is because they had to take more stages. They had to show up more in the spotlight. They had to do more interviews. They had to create a public persona. They had to become a public figure in order to articulate their perspective on the industry and articulate their solution in the industry, right? They had to be more visible in order to have a bigger impact. And when you have to be more visible in order to have a bigger impact, it means that you are going to have to surrender your ego. And let me explain why there's two primary reasons why that is. When you are designing a business for impact, you are more than likely going to experience more than average rejection. Because when you are creating something that's disruptive, that people are not familiar with, or they are not very familiar with, when you're creating something or doing something that people have to be educated on over and over again so that they understand the concept, right? That they understand the concept of not eating meat when they've been eating meat since the day they were born, where they understand the concept that it's truly possible to get all their vitamins and minerals and nutrients from plants and fruits and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds when they've only been told they have to have meat for protein. Like when you are creating something that requires you to constantly educate the people you want to serve, educate the partners you want to partner with, it is going to come with more than average or above average rejection. It is in that rejection that you are going to have to control your ego because what the ego is going to want to do in the face of rejection is create opposition. The ego is going to want to protect itself. The ego is going to want to criticize the people who are rejecting you, right? As opposed to taking an inward look as to what you could have done better to articulate your value. Okay. And so you have to surrender your ego if you want to have an impact by creating a disruptive business because you are going to face above average rejection. Now, see, if you were creating a business that is complementary to an industry that already exists, something like, let's say you, my first business, for example, I ain't got to use y'all. I'll use me as an example. My very first business when I first became an entrepreneur in 2015 was online personal training company. So I was working in the gym as a personal trainer. I recognized that, you know, when our clients went out of town, or something would happen, they would be traveling for work, anything, they had to go on to leave, whatever it is, they would lose their sessions because they couldn't physically make it into the gym. And so I wanted to solve that problem by creating a virtual personal training company, which I did. My virtual personal training company was complementary to the fitness industry. Like nobody was going to reject that. Nobody was going to get mad at me for creating that. Unlike Uber, who had the whole taxi industry pissed off at them, right? And so when you're creating a business that is not disruptive, you're not going to face as much rejection because you're welcomed into the marketplace, right? But if you're creating a business like a plant-based coaching business that's designed to combat heart disease and type 2 diabetes, you're disrupting the metformin industry. You're disrupting the statin industry. You're disrupting the high blood pressure medication. And they're mad about it, right? 
And so you're going to face more rejection or people are so used to doing things that way. Like, hey, I get diagnosed with something. I go get a pill for it. And you're telling them there's a better alternative, a safer alternative. You're going to have to do a lot of education and you're going to be faced with above average rejection. That rejection is going to trigger your ego unless you have done the work on your ego. So when you are operating for maximum impact, you cannot take yourself too serious. It's important to create synergy and connection with the people you want to serve. And it's important that you do not allow yourself to get a superiority complex around your products, your services, your offer, your business. You have to take the rejection and you have to use that data to make future decisions as opposed to using that data to defend your current decisions, and to criticize the people who rejected you. So what is the price of impact? The first price of impact is your ego. Let me use ego in another example before we move on to number two. Here's another example of why you're going to have to pay with your ego in order to have an impactful business. When you are creating something for maximum impact, it has to be really high quality, really, really, really high quality. Like when you're not just creating a business to line your own pockets, to create your own personal lifestyle, but when you're really in business to be in service to other people, it's going to take time. We have a saying inside of the plant protocol. So we have a module in phase three of our curriculum. Phase three is dedicated to creating their own signature program. And in those particular modules and those lessons, they are really big lessons inside of our curriculum. We have an entire blueprint for our students to create their own signature program. And those are like, gargantuan size lessons. Okay. And so one of the things that I wrote in the portal for our students, as they start approaching those lessons is two very simple sentences, which is this will take time. Give it the time it takes. I'm going to say that again. This will take time. Give it the time it takes. That is the advice we give to our students inside of the plant protocol when they get to phase three and it's time to build out their signature program. We want them to know ahead of time what you're about to get into is going to be heavy. You're about to do some heavy lifting for your business right now. And we want to forewarn you that this will take time. So give it the time it takes. Why am I bringing this up right now around ego? Because in other words, if you want to have maximum impact and there's really a segment of the population that you are intent on serving, you have to understand that. You have to give what you're creating the time it takes to get good. You have to give what you're creating the time it takes to be excellent. You have to give what you're creating the time it takes to be beautiful and excellent and to deliver at the level that you originally envisioned. Sometimes we don't give ourselves the grace to reiterate, to reiterate, to refine, to refine. And we are not giving things the time it takes to be exceptional. And part of that reason is because our ego wants us to get the spotlight as quickly as possible. Our ego wants us to have this amazing thing that people are praising us for as quickly as possible. Our ego doesn't like critique. Our ego doesn't like constructive criticism. Our ego doesn't like feedback from clients. That's not a five-star review. And so if you are not willing to give something the time it takes to get good, you are not willing to have maximum impact because what you create in the beginning is not the final version of what you'll create. 
But in the beginning stages of something, the beginning stages of anything that we do is not ego friendly. The beginning stages of your business, of your journey, you know, when you first start coaching is not ego friendly because you're not going to be exceptional from day one. And so if you're unwilling to not be exceptional from day one, you are unwilling to have the maximum impact. So if you want to have an impact for business, if you want to have impact on the world, whether that looks like a business or however it may look for you, you have to be willing to surrender your ego. You have to be willing to give things the time it takes to get good. And you have to be willing to deal with rejection in a healthy way. So that's number one. Impact is going to cost you your ego. That's number one. It's going to cost you your ego. Trust me when I tell you. I have had to spend many years refining things so that they can be better. I have spent many years and will probably spend many more years getting rejected. My offer is going to get rejected in various formats. It happens because I'm constantly trying to have a bigger impact, which means I'm constantly pitching for opportunities. I'm constantly brainstorming on what the next opportunity should be. And so everyone that I reach out to or everyone that reaches out to me or however it may look, it's not always a yes. There's not always synergy. And so I have to be willing to accept that rejection and keep it moving. Okay. And so that is ego work. That is ego work. Okay. Number two, the second price of impact, the second price of impact is this. When you are destined to have maximum impact and you set out to do so using your gifts and your talents, it is going to force you out of your comfort zone. Being forced out of your comfort zone will cost you your insecurities. Okay. That is the second price of impact. Being forced out of your comfort zone will cost you your insecurities. Let me tell you something right now. Everybody has insecurities. All right. That's first and foremost, everybody. And when you are designing a service offer that's really designed to be completely in service to other people and not just in service to you, it is going to require you to get out of your comfort zone because you can no longer create a business that's suited to your personal preferences. You have to now create a business that's suited to your client's preferences to your prospects' preferences. Like you have to consider what they need in order to get the result above what you desire. So what I mean by that, let me give you a very basic example. How was my impact gonna cost me my insecurities, Lisa? Can I just keep my insecurities and still have impact? No, no, listener, you cannot. You cannot. Before you even ask, no, you cannot, okay? Let me give you a really basic example. So I have a plant-based coaching program called Firm to Table. Firm to Table is a group coaching program. That means my group coaching program, Firm to Table, is delivered cohort style. Cohort style means there's a definitive start date. There's a definitive end date to every cohort. And it is a live group coaching program that is virtual, which means the students, the cohort will be in the virtual classroom with me or with one of our facilitators every week throughout that semester, okay? Now, another option for me to deliver Farm to Table is that I could have made Farm to Table a digital course. A digital course is not a coaching program. A digital course means somebody pays money, they never talk to anybody, they pay money, they get access to the course, they go through the course on their own, hopefully they finish it, 
and hopefully they do something with what they learn. All right. Now, that was one option for delivering farm to table. However, my goal when I created farm to table was not just to be an entrepreneur. My goal when I created that plant based coaching program was not just to make money for myself. My goal when I created that program was not so I can boost my ego and say, I got a product, I got a business, I'm this and I'm that. My goal when I created that program was to help individuals with chronic lifestyle disease to combat them by taking a plant-based approach. And if I want to have that particular impact, then delivering this program in a digital course does not make sense because the average completion rate for people who buy digital courses is below 10%. How can I guarantee impact if people are not even finishing the product? So the only way for me to have maximum impact with Farm to Table was to make it a live group coaching program as opposed to a self-guided digital course. I don't sell self-guided digital courses because people don't finish them which means I'm making money, but ain't nobody health getting better. So I'm not having an impact. So here's what I mean when I say number two will cost you your insecurities. I had to package the program in such a way that I could guarantee that people would show up, do the work and finish it, which means I have to be in the classroom. I have to be live on camera. I have to speak. I have to teach. If I had any insecurities, around being in the front, being on camera, being on stage, speaking and teaching, I need to address those because I don't get to build a business based on my personal preferences. I have to build a business based on what my clients need to get the result. And in this case, they don't need another digital course that they may or may not get through. They need a live coach with them who's gonna offer them the accountability that's required for them to execute. Hey coach, pardon the interruption, but I'm popping in to read to you a testimonial that we recently received because it does a great job of highlighting our top priorities inside of the plant protocol. Not only do we equip our coaches with the science behind plant-based nutrition, but we also heavily prioritize personal development and business acumen. Here's what coach Melanie had to say. When I first enrolled in the plant protocol, I had a lot of apprehension. The previous coaching program I had taken left me disappointed and cautious about signing up. I left that program feeling totally clueless as to how to go about being a health coach and starting a health coaching business. I initially thought I knew a lot. I had the nerve to have an ego and at the same time lacked confidence and was totally insecure. I also had a lot of fear around money and the lack of money, and I was fearful about making this investment in myself. Since enrolling in the plant protocol, I've learned a lot about myself. I learned that even though I may be afraid that I can still accomplish my goals, I learned that I can do hard things, hard things other than just surviving. I learned that I am a unique and capable person and that I have the ability to be an amazing health coach. Thank you for the amazing testimonial, Coach Melanie. And now it is your turn. If you too not only need the science to better be a coach, but you also need to do the deep level personal development work and get the business acumen necessary to run a successful health coaching business, I invite you to click the link in the show notes to apply for the plant protocol. We're currently enrolling and we would love to have you. Now back to the show. So 
if I had insecurities about my ability to show up publicly and be the expert, be the coach, be the subject matter expert, then I need to address those insecurities privately because the impact that I want to have requires me to get over my insecurities. Same thing for you. When you are creating a disruptive business, when you are creating a business designed for maximum impact, it's probably going to require you to be a public figure. You have to be on camera. You have to be on stage. You have to say say yes to showing up and speaking up. And if you have insecurities about what you look like, what you sound like, and what you know, it's time to get to work. Because if you don't do the work on those insecurities, you're not going to have the maximum impact. And then we're back to square one, which is what was the point? What was the point of it all? Okay. So having impact is going to cost you your insecurities. Having impact is going to cost you your insecurities. Now, if you want to create what's called a lifestyle business, meaning I'm just here to make money so I can fund the lifestyle that I personally desire and I don't care what it looks like. Like, I don't care how I make that money. Like, I just want to sell something to someone so I can use that money to fund my personal lifestyle and my personal preferences. Then that's a different approach to business. But if you want to have an impactful business like I personally desire, then you have to become a public figure because again, you're disrupting an industry. You're trying to have an impact. So people need to get to know you as a human. They need to get to know your personal perspective. They need to get to know your personal approach to doing things. And you can't do that behind the scenes. You can't do that quietly. And so if you have insecurities about being in the front, about speaking up, about being known, if you're worried about what other people are going to think of you, if you're worried about failing, all of the stuff that causes us to make decisions out of fear, then you're going to have to address those insecurities because if you don't, you are now impeding on the impact that your business can potentially have. So that is the second thing that impact is going to cost you. It's going to cost you your insecurities. You're going to have to surrender your ego. And then next, you're going to have to surrender your insecurities. That's the price of impact. Okay, let's go over number three. This last one is a biggie. Hold on to your hats, ladies, clutch your pearls. The final thing that impact is going to cost you is your survival habits. Mm. Okay, Lisa, slow down on this one so they catch it. If you want to have impact, it's going to require you to be in service to other people. Okay, that's what having impact means. Like, I, I don't even know if another definition makes sense. Okay, if you want to have impact, on people's lives. It means you're going to be in service to others. So again, you're not in service to yourself here. You're not in service to me, myself, and I. You're not in service to your family and just making sure y'all eat. But you are truly, you are truly trying to be in service to other people. That means it's going to cost you your survival habits. Let me explain. Many of us have survival habits that we don't even realize that we have turned into bad habits. Your survival habits have become your bad habits and you're gonna have to surrender those in order to have impact. Let me explain. Here's the first example. One of your survival habits may be that you have normalized not asking for help, but you can't survive like that over here. If you're trying to have maximal impact, but you have resistance to asking for help, those two things cannot coexist. Part of the reason you probably don't like asking for help is because you've been let down in the past. So somebody has disappointed you or you are ashamed of needing help because you've been trained to just do things on your own. And so you have concocted this story in your head that asking for help is burdensome. 
right? So that you are putting a burden on somebody else and you don't want to do that. So you'd rather just do everything on your own. Okay. And so in the past, somebody has disappointed you. In the past, somebody has let you down. And as a result, you have developed a survival habit of not asking for help. And so I do everything myself. I figure it out myself so that I don't even leave myself open to disappointment or so that I'm not a burden to other people. But when you are creating a business that is in service to other people, that's designed for maximum impact, that is nearly impossible. You are going to need help, okay? So like in my coaching programs, right? We have program coaches, right? I have other facilitators. I have assistants. There came a point where my back was against the wall and I realized the impact that I wanna have, that I wanna grow this into will no longer be sustainable with just my hands on it. And in order for me to increase our impact, increase our reach, I'm going to have to not only ask for help, but accept it. Ain't it crazy that you could ask for something sometime and still not accept it after, <laughs> after you offered it? Humans, we so weird. But like you have to ask for help and then accept it because your survival habits of trying to do everything yourself cannot coexist with a business that's designed for impact. It cannot. This is the price of impact. Okay. So that's the first survival habit. Let me give you another example of a survival habit that you're going to have to surrender. This is going to piggyback off this last one. You probably have a survival habit of not trusting people. Okay. Maybe someone has betrayed you in the past. Maybe you had a business partner that betrayed you. Maybe you had a friend that betrayed you and you really have put up like these walls and these security gates to protect yourself. But now that you're in business trying to be in service to people, right, you're going to have to let some of those walls down and you're going to have to start trusting other people, right? And so you're going to have to start trusting other people with parts of your business. You're going to have to start trusting other people with parts of your program. Like when I hire program coaches, that means they get back in access to my IP, to my intellectual property, to my curriculum, right? They get more intimate access to me. They might get exposed to some parts of my personal life, right? Because I have to trust them more to let them in so they can help me. So you're going to have to start developing, working through your inability to trust people. If not trusting people has been a survival habit for you up until this point, you're going to have to surrender that. You have to. Okay, let me give you another example of a survival habit. Maybe when you pour into people, when you're in service to people, it can be exhausting. <laughs> okay, I'm not even gonna try and find a friendly word for it. Like I have days where I had to coach for two hours, where I had speaking engagements that same day, where I had to do digital coaching, right? Responding to our clients in our different groups. And it's a lot. And depending on what type of coaching you do, sometimes you have to, use, you know, some like emotional language. You have to like show empathy. You have to brainstorm on the best way to approach, you know, the, the problem that your client is having. And so you do a lot of pouring out. You do a lot of pouring out and it can be physically and mentally exhausting. Now I know all the women listening to this understands this, right? Just like this pouring from a cup, pouring from a cup that's steadily getting less and less full. And that sometimes causes physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. You know, compassion fatigue is a thing. And when that happens, you are going to have to stop 
thinking, you can push through through the exhaustion and keep going. One of your survival habits up until this point probably has been the ability to keep going even though your tank was on E. You ever just see your gas needle getting lower and lower, but you really feel good about knowing your car and feeling like, no, I can definitely make it home or I can make it to that gas station that's closer to the house or whatever it is. Like I see the tank getting low, but you know, I've been driving this car for years. I I know what it's capable of. You know what I mean? Like for whatever reason, you don't want to stop and refuel right now. You want to keep going. Well, when you are in business of impact, that is no longer available to you. The moment the tank gets to E, you have to stop, rest, and recover. Your survival habit of pushing through exhaustion will not work here. Your survival habit of pushing through exhaustion will not work here. You absolutely must surrender to the exhaustion you feel. You want to know why? Because the more exhausted you are, the less impactful you are. And so if you're intent on having a high impact business, the moment your tank starts approaching E, you have to stop and refuel. But if you have a survival habit of saying, it doesn't matter how exhausted I am, I'm going to finish this job. I'm going to work through the night. I'm going to work through the weekend. I'm going to work through vacation. I'm going to work. You don't know it, but you're sabotaging your own impact by being exhausted. And so your survival habit of not refueling consistently will literally sabotage your own business because you're pouring into other people. And you know the difference between you pouring into your people when you want a a full stomach and a full night's rest and the difference between pouring into people when you ain't ate all day, you barely slept, your blood sugar all over the place, you're mentally exhausted, you're at capacity. Right. You're not really pouring into them at that point. Right. And so if you want to have maximum impact, it's going to require you to surrender the survival habit of working on E. It's not going to work. Trust me when I tell you I literally have done this. I've been a coach for many years. I have reflected on coaching sessions and speaking engagements where I was just tired as hell. And I'm like, dang. Right. They really got the short end of the stick. I haven't done this in a while. But I mean, like, just dang, they didn't get the best of me. And it hurts. Like, they did not get the best of me because I wasn't my best self. So it was impossible, right? And so if you have a survival habit of just like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes and I'll sleep when I'm dead, like, yeah, good luck because the business is going to die first, okay? So let's recap. Let me tell you guys where this came from really quickly before we get out of here because some of you guys might want to watch this. I actually taught a plant-based business masterclass last week. And at the end of that masterclass, it was the specialization workshop. And I was teaching our attendees how to properly specialize in their health coaching business. But something really like I got a divine download in my spirit that morning. And so at the end of this masterclass, I stopped teaching about specializing and I started talking about intent versus impact. Okay. And when I was talking to them about the difference between good intentions and genuinely having impact in the world, you know, I started just using some examples and some illustrations to articulate to them the importance of making sure that they're doing everything they can to ensure that their impact catches up with their intent. See, because when we're coaches or when we're aspiring coaches and we're building out our business, we are showing up with the best of intentions, y'all. Like we have such high and good intentions of doing good in the world. But for some of us, that actually never comes to fruition. For some of us, we never manifest that impact. 
And so we die with intent. Like, oh, I just had, I had good intentions. I wanted to help people with their health. I wanted to help people to eat cleaner. I wanted to help people lose weight. I wanted to help people get off of medications. Like we just, we float through the world on our good intentions. And I'm like, yo, that ain't, that's short lived. Good intentions are so temporary. Like the lifespan of good intentions is like two seconds. But some of us, we're like trying to extend the lifespan of good intentions to like two years. Like you've been trying to be a coach for two. What are you doing? At what point is you going to help somebody? Like the lifespan of good intentions is extremely short. And so the thing I was trying to tell them is that at some point, your impact has to catch up with your intent. Your intentions is at 90%, but your real life impact is at 20%. And that don't look right. Like them, that math ain't mathing. And so I just wanted to come here and expound on that because what most people don't know is like part of the reason you're probably not having the impact that you want to have, even though you have a ton of good intentions, is because you're not aware of the price of impact. So the whole point of this particular episode is to articulate to you guys the price of impact because people got these business on their heart. I want to start a nonprofit. I want to work with children. I want to work with seniors. I want to work with animals. I want to coach people. I want to help people do all this. And you guys have all these good intent. I want to write a book. I want to create a journal. I want to have a support group. I want to do talks. I want to speak like all of these good intentions. And I'm like, that's cool. But where's the impact to match it? And you not had good intentions to have this nonprofit for three years. You got the name and you don't filled out a little paperwork. Like, but where is the impact? Where are the real lives? that have been genuinely impacted by the good intentions that you started with. And I was like, okay, Lisa, before you get on and you start yelling at people for not having an impact, even though they've had all this good intention for years, maybe you ought to share with them the price of impact. Maybe that's what they don't know, right? Like maybe they understand that it's gonna take work and maybe they're just thinking about paperwork and maybe they're just thinking about time and and maybe they're just thinking about money but maybe they don't understand the true price of impact. And so that was the catalyst for this episode today. I actually meant to tell y'all that in the beginning. So if you made it this far, shout out to you. But I wanted to tell you the catalyst for this conversation because to have impact is gonna cost you something. And that price is your ego, that price is your insecurities, and that price is your survival habits. All of those things you have to pay in order to have impact. And if you guys wanna hear that intent and impact conversation that I had in that masterclass recently. If you're listening to this on a podcast, maybe we'll put a link in the show notes. That's what I'll do. Okay. But yeah, if you want to hear that talk I did with our masterclass attendees about intent versus impact, just click the link in the show notes because apparently I have now created a page for you to get it. When we did the survey at the end of class, I do a quick poll at the end of every masterclass that I teach to just see what resonated with the attendees and make sure that they got what I told them I was going to give them. And that I asked them what was the most impactful part of class. And so when one of our attendees said, and this survey is always anonymous, so I don't know who said it, but she said literally, like, I I don't spend a whole hour teaching how to specialize. And in her comments on her survey, she's like, the intent versus impact was was what I showed up for. I'm like, oh, who knew? I didn't even advertise that part because God just gave it to me this morning. I ain't even planning it, right? And so 
That's how good it was, apparently, that it was so good that she was like, that was the best part of class. Yeah, I walked away with a specialization, but that conversation was the best part of class. But I hope this resonated for you or for someone so you guys can better understand the price of impact because a lot of us, we're really good people and we're walking the earth with really good intentions. But unfortunately, um, and this is just probably me probably getting fed up. So y'all don't listen to me. Like, don't take what I'm about to say too serious, but... I'm personally like exhausted from good intentions. I'm exhausted from good intentions. I don't need to hear another good intention from anybody. Like I need you to show me the receipts that are evidence of the impact that have matched your good intentions, okay? And so in case you guys didn't know the price of impact, that's what this episode was designed to do. So if you're just hopping on, watch the replay whenever you get time, just pop it in when you're in the gym today or whatever, Listen back because that is the true price of impact. So now you can decide, dang, if this is the impact I desire to have on people's lives, am I willing to pay with my ego? Am I willing to surrender my insecurities? And am I willing to hand over my survival habits? And if you are, then you're on track to have a truly impactful business, okay? And I will see you guys next time. Bye, y'all. You tuned in today because like me, you're a disruptor. You're passionate about health and you have firsthand experience of taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating chronic health challenges. You want to see lifestyle and dietary modifications become the norm in the way in which we practice healthcare. However, you need mastery around nutrition and lifestyle science, a better understanding of behavior change to improve client compliance, and confidence in your ability to effectively coach clients to adopting those lifestyle modifications. You need the plant protocol. Visit theplantprotocol.com to apply and let's work together to improve the way in which we care for our most prized possession, our health. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Until next time, remember, radical obedience is still undefeated. Stay obedient.